0: Hello and welcome to Podiatry Practice Mastery. My name is Don Pelto, and today I'm interviewing Robert Clink, and we're gonna be talking about email marketing and marketing your practice. Hope you'll enjoy. I'm gonna edit out some of the, some of the stuff, but um, thank you for your, your time. I, I, how's the family? How's everything going? Good, good.
1: No complaints. We're we're in the process of getting ready to move, so I'm, you know, just kind of dealing with all that stuff and house sale.
0: <laughs> oh, good uh, time to move. Are like you're gonna move somewhere like upsize, downsize, sideways? Uh, we're
1: just we're moving from we're in D.C. proper, and we're just gonna move out into uh, kind of the suburbs of Bethesda. So um, it'll be a bigger house, but less expensive. So um, yeah. just kind of making that, and and it's just uh, the underwriting with a right now as a self-employed person, especially when I'm, um, you know, I have, I have, there are various trusts involved and, and even just my living trust, which is just for an estate planning purposes, my underwriters can't quite understand They're, They think there's two different trusts because it's in mine and my wife's name. And that is confusing an underwriter for some reason. <laughs> mm. <laughs>
0: but, oh, mm. no,
1: it's one trust guys. One trust. So,
0: oh man. Yeah. So I, I just, just so you know, I would love to chat with you other times, but I want to make some good content because okay. okay. I just admire what you're doing. Cause I'm i I'm a podiatrist, kind of like you were a lawyer Yep. or you are a lawyer, whatever you are. Yep. But I love this marketing stuff. Yep. And okay. uh, it seems like we are kind of on similar paths, but you're much further ahead than I am. So I appreciate it. It's nice to, you have time for the little people here. I, look, I mean, to me, I, I love connecting with everybody. So I'm always happy to do it. Yeah. I, I want to make sure, Bobby, I'm uh, pronouncing your last name right before I start.
1: Clink. Nothing complicated, just like it looks, just like it sounds, just like the colonel from Hogan, he's heroes.
0: Okay. So basically this will be for um, podiatrists. So it goes okay. out to a group of about 400 entrepreneurial podiatrists. Okay. Most of them have their clinic. They might have like a side gig trying okay. to sell stuff in the office, increase per visit value, connect with their patients. So I think the email focus is going to be good. Okay. okay. Good. So hello and welcome to Podiatry Practice Mastery. My name is Don Pelto and I have Bobby Klink here. Welcome, Bobby. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here, Don. You're welcome. So t- basically our, our audience are going to be podiatrists and many of them I've have heard about email marketing mm-hmm. and they've heard about sending emails to the list, but I think they've tried it a few times and they didn't get a result and they found that it sucked and then they stopped. So you have this book, <laughs> that's called email marketing, you know, sucks or doesn't suck. Yeah. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about how you got interested in this. What was your background?
1: Yeah. So I, I'm a lawyer by training and I, I spent about, I think I, I always have to do the math, 15 or 16 years just being a lawyer. And um, I was pretty much on, I was on a standard path the first eight or nine years working at uh, high profile firms, working as a, an assistant United States attorney for a period. So I was doing all that. And then I, I started Kind of making a shift over to entrepreneurship first in the context of, of the legal world in 2010 when I joined a small entrepreneurial law firm, but the, honestly, uh, you know, not really is the, the only way I can explain it because I didn't know a thing about marketing at the time. Really, I didn't even start to learn anything about marketing until about 2014 or 2015 when I went out on my own, created my own law firm, and and I was just trying to figure out how in the world do I market? And, and I'm I'm guessing it's the same uh, for you, podiatrist, like. You go to school, you learn all the skills, but nobody actually teaches you how to build a business around it, which, you know, is kind of, okay, fine. But, you know, that's a pretty important skill. And so I dove in then in 2014 and I, I started by reading books about marketing for lawyers. And those are some of the dumbest books I've ever read. So I threw those away and then just started reading books about marketing more generally. And and I got into online marketing and I started using online marketing techniques in, my law firm. That's where it started. And then in 2017, I made a pivot and just launched an online business. At this point, I no longer practice law. I have legal templates, which I sell as a product, but I'm also a business and marketing coach. And and that was kind of a pivot that happened over time because I found I like being a marketer a lot more than I actually liked practicing law.
0: Wow. That and, and you know so if you're listening, if you're a podiatrist and you like marketing a lot more or marketing your practice, which I think a lot of a lot of us enjoy that. That takes a lot of courage, Bobby. Take yeah, away. I mean,
1: <laughs> I mean the biggest concern was honestly, what are my friends? what are my family? What are my colleagues gonna say about this idea of uh, me stopping practicing law after having spent uh, I don't know a quarter million dollars on on getting my law degree and then all of this and I, and I was I was a good lawyer. I had a very good record. I had I, I, even as an individual small lawyer, I often went against some of the biggest law firms in the country and I won more than I lost. And so, It was, it took some pride or not some pride, some courage and an ability to kind of swallow my pride and say that I had made a mistake. I had chosen the wrong profession for me because I had chosen a profession where I spent all my time fighting with people, which just, that's not my personality. Now, I would love to have like in-depth theoretical um, academic discussions about law. I mean, I could do that with people and I could have debates and those kinds of things all the time. But I, that's not what you do when you're a lawyer. I mean, I was fighting about – I was literally – one example I I mention quite often. I had to take two different trips down from Washington, D.C., where I live, to West Palm Beach, Florida, in a case just to get the other side to give me legible copies of things that they had to give me copies of. Like, And by legible, I mean literally like it had – these documents had turned as, like, as they were making copy. So it kind of – the copy they gave me was – smeared or not smeared you know smudge and so i just couldn't read it and i had to go down once for a mediation and then once to ago before the judge for the judge to say wait a minute literally it's just they were copy bad and i said yes and she looks at the other side is is he telling the truth yeah give him good copies like literally but I, this is the kind of stuff i had to
0: do yeah that's wow <laughs> yeah wow. So so let's pivot now and say, now, what are you doing now that really gives you energy, passion, excitement, and, and what do you love waking up doing every day?
1: So, I mean, what I do now is largely teach. And I think that's part of what it is that I'm someone who kind of naturally enjoys teaching in a fun, different kind of way. And so I find myself teaching and helping people come up with strategies for their businesses. And strategizing is great. Now, the part of the difference is just that everybody I work with now is Unbelievably appreciative. So that in and of itself, you know, is is a, a big part of it. But also, I'm activating my strategic mind without having to do the drudgery that I was doing before. And so that's a big part of why I enjoy what I'm doing. But but literally, I, I get up and now I say I go and play with friends all day. That's kind of what it feels awesome. like, and that's what I I tell people: if you can find that in your profession, you've won.
0: That's great. I. So we'll probably, you'll probably mention it at the end, but what I, what I appreciate about you so much is you've taken all this time to put this content together. I know when we met, you like emailed me a copy of the Email Marketing Doesn't Suck book. And I and I and I and I read it, and I was I couldn't fall asleep because I was like reading it and reading it, and it was like it it draws you in. Now, mind you, the first few chapters draw you in more because of all the stories, and then it gets right. a little dry. But that's how any book kind of has to be. Yeah. Um, it has goes through all the logistics, but it was it was a great book, and in, for, the, for the first time, I understood what what Dan Kennedy talked about: market, media, message, match. Mm-hmm. I never understood the 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 message component, and he he talks about it because I was part of his group for a while. And he talks a lot about, what do they call it? The attractive character, like Russell Brunson talks about all these things. I never understood how to do it. They always talked about what to do. They never explained how, but in this book you explain how to do it. So tell me, is marketing dead and what it's done for your business, this type of email marketing?
1: No, I mean, marketing is not dead. Marketing is is alive and well. Email marketing is alive and well. I, I think the big problem when I identify the problem with marketing, honestly, it's it's that people think that digital marketing has somehow fundamentally changed what marketing is. And, and my response is, it hasn't. Marketing is what it has always been, which is about understanding your customers, connecting with your customers, and building this, this relationship that naturally makes them want to buy from you. And it, it's funny, I, I, I knew all of this intuitively because my dad ran a, a chain of drugstores, grown up, and so I like to say that I am an analog marketer in a digital world. I am building an online business where people feel more like they are a, you know, they're going to the local general store in a small town where the person who is the owner knows them and and, and recognizes what they need and cares about them and wants to take care of them, and so that's the the marketing component now. Email marketing, I view as one of the most powerful ways for once people have said, hey, you know, I want to know something about this Bobby guy for them to really get to know me and decide whether I'm their guy. It's not about convincing everyone. It's about helping people figure out, is Bobby my person? There are a lot of business coaches. There are a lot of marketing coaches out there. If you expect someone who, again, like who's going to use jargony words all the time and things like that, I'm not your guy. I, and people need to understand that I'm the guy who I'm going to use penny and nickel words, not dollar and $5 words. And, and it's things like that, that help people just get to know you and recognize your personality. And when you find the right people, what you're doing is you're, you're repelling the wrong people, but that attracts the right people to you like moths to the flame, and they just can't get enough. And it's how you find those people who will I don't want to say buy everything you have to offer, but they will be the customers who have, you know, sky high lifetime values. Because if they need anything that you offer, they're going to buy it from you. They're not even going to shop. They're not even going to say, does somebody offer it cheaper? They don't, they don't know. Cause to them, you are the only option. And that's what you should be trying to do. And that's what email has the ability to do for you when you do it right.
0: Wow. I, I, So let's, let's go and give people that are Mm -hmm. listening here. So we're all private. Let's take a simple private practice because a lot of the the docs that are listening to this. Okay, Bobby, I'm starting. Let's say I'm part of a group of four doctors. They hired me on as an associate. Mm -hmm. Okay. They have their own website, but I want to start making a a name for myself in this practice. I'm starting out. What would you recommend? Um, They, they start, let's give them some tips. So I would think about what is, the first thing you have to do has nothing to do with email.
1: It's think through and put yourself in the mindset of your customer or potential customer and understand what the journey they're on. What is the problem they have? How would they describe the problem they have? Um, and do they even know what the solution is or not? And, and do they know kind of an idea of what the solution, but not really, or do they really know at a deep level? And what is the journey they're going to go on to get from wherever they start to potentially buying from you and then buying from you again and again and again. And that mapping of the customer journey is something a lot of people don't do. And, and this is why, like you mentioned some of the, the, you know, Russell Brunson and, and, and that, A lot of people want someone to simply give them a plug and play funnel. Now, maybe there kind of is one for podiatry. I don't know, but you have to understand, I couldn't give you my funnel because guess what? The journey that my customers are on as business owners to market themselves is very different than the journey your customers are on as people looking to solve their problems. And so you have to really do that and get in their mindset. Because that's the first thing, you got to know your audience. Then once you've done that, you need to start speaking into that. You need to be talking about that problem. You need to be developing lessons in a way and providing information to them that will help them move along the journey. The problem is, and 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 again, I, I, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I'm going to make a broad proposition here, Don, kind of like I, I would make this about when I was starting and helping people with the legal stuff online. People probably don't want to read an email that's all about lessons or, or, you know, medical information, et cetera. That's not what they want. Kind of like with the legal stuff. Like if I had just written emails about, here's what you need from, to do from legal perspective, you look, oh, yeah. I mean, they, they glaze over and fall asleep. It's just what we talk about isn't exactly exciting stuff for a lot of people. And so what we have to do is come up with a way to communicate it and teach them the lessons, but also keep them from falling asleep. And that I think is the challenge. And that's where storytelling comes in. That's where you start coming up with your own stories from your personal life that you can use to relate to the lesson you're trying to communicate to the people on your email list. And so when you start doing that and not directly related, so the more that it's kind of slightly different area or a different topic, the better. And that'll just help people to learn the lesson because basically what you're doing is you're, you're creating mini parables and these little story-based lessons, if you think about it, if I say to you, the tortoise and the hare, immediately every listener who just heard that said, slow and steady wins race, right? That little story has this, this lesson that we've all taken. Same thing if I say the three little pigs, you're, I don't know how different people would describe it, but you think, oh, I've got to prepare now uh, and put in the work to make the preparation. And so again, we learn through stories. So you need to come up with those kinds of stories so that people will want to pay attention to you.
0: That's, that's awesome. And, and just for those that are listening, this could be a story via email, could be a video story, could be a podcast. However, your best, like your best format is writing. That's where you do emails, but you could just as easily do a, a, a story about something and then talk about a condition or sh- getting the right shoe or something else like that.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. And Go what ahead. I tell people is, is storytelling is 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 integral to marketing no matter how you do it. And, and I was like, so yes. What in my book when I get to the nuts and bolts about email, yes, that's about email. But almost what I joke, I jokingly say, because I didn't start out planning to write a book about email. I, I started to write a book about marketing, and I said, no, I'm going to write about email, and I ended up writing a book about marketing. <laughs> so kind of everything that I talk about, other than the nuts and bolts of email really it applies across everything you're doing with email. Now you have to understand the different channels, the different medium will have different, like there will be different things that are specific to them. But yes, yeah, storytelling is, is just integral to everything we do as humans. That's how we learn. And so doing that will help people. Now, again, in academic settings, we don't often learn through story. Often there we yeah. learn by yeah. that but I'm simply saying, but that's where we're paying. And let's just be very clear. Your people are not paying as much attention as you are when you were in school. And so you have to to give them very bite-sized, understandable lessons. And that's where the stories come in.
0: Yeah. I and, 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 and frankly, what when I teach residents or students coming through, I always say, what you need to do is when you talk to an experienced doctor, you write down their parables or their stories. Mm-hmm. And because we all use like plantar fasciitis, oh, it's kind of like, this it's the kind of like this portion that you have to pay attention to or orthotics are or kind of like this. It's yep. the kind of like is what, cause otherwise they, well, I want a hard piece of plastic. Well, right. you know, kind of explaining be behind a story. Now, if people have never heard about this before you all do this with your patients currently, how do you categorize like, operationalize this for me? Excel spreadsheet. What works for you? What does Bobby do? How do you write down your stories? What works for you? So I, I, I always tell people I'm lucky. I don't have to write down my stories, and
1: the reason why is um, my superpower. And, and I don't say that in a sense of like I'm 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 great, but but I took there's this Gallup I, I think it's called the Clifton Strengths. It used to be called the Gallup Strengths Finder Test, but it's it's a great assessment. If you haven't taken, I highly suggest it. Um, and, and I took it, and what it does is it ranks 34 different strengths from one to 34 for every human being. The cool thing about this personality assessment is. You will share the exact list of 34 with like one in every two billion people. So like, there's one or two other people on Earth that's the same as you. And, and the report ends up being very customized. So for me, literally, some of the snippets in the report say you naturally tell stories from your personal life uh, to to and relate it to your professional life. So I don't have to do this. Yeah, I mean, it's that. I mean, when I read this thing, I was like is someone like looking over my shoulder as I'm doing this? I mean, that's how amazing it seemed. But what I recommend for other people is figure out the different kind of big buckets of themes that you're going to be talking about when it comes to lessons and information. So the lessons you're going to want to do or the themes. And so for me, like in my marketing, a lot of what I'm talking about is how the conventional wisdom is wrong. So, so that would be a bucket for me. It, places where the conventional wisdom is wrong. And what I then do is I look for stories from my life, not from marketing, but my life, where following the conventional wisdom got me into trouble or where ignoring the conventional wisdom turned out to be the best move. And that's kind of how I'm doing it. So you come up with your buckets of different topics, themes, et cetera, you're gonna wanna talk about. Then, especially as you're starting out, because storytelling is not natural for most people, what I suggest is uh, every day, the end of every week, I don't really care how often you do it, just make sure you do it before your memory goes away. Ask yourself these questions Who did I meet with today? Where did I go today? Like ask yourself those kinds of very specific questions, not, not like what did I do today? Cause that's like, you know, that's a very broad thing, but who did I meet? Who did I talk with? Where did I go? Those types of things. And then just go down the list and say, okay is there a story there that could relate to one of my buckets? And if so, you just jot it down. And I would not do it in an Excel spreadsheet because I'm not that organized. I would literally do it more like just in a, a paper journal and I'd have pages for each one. Or candidly, like during, during the day, your notes app on your phone is a great way to collect a story if you think of it and something yeah. happens. But you, you should do that. And as you work on it, it, it will become more natural. So that's kind of on a day-to-day basis. But I'll also suggest you should then mine other parts of your life, other periods of your life for potential stories. Some of my best stories are from high school, from college, those periods. And, And not because they're wild, but because it shows a part of me that letting my customers or potential customers in on that part of my life will allow them to connect with me in a way that they wouldn't otherwise. And that's the important thing. Like, One of my classic stories is about a speech I had to give in in a debate competition in high school. And when I first sent that out as a weekly email, I had multiple people, but one person I remember specifically respond back said, I had to do that same dang event. And it was so weird. And for for that person now, I'm not a random marketing coach. I'm the guy who did that same speech event as they did. And, And so think about how that changes the relationship from their perspective. All of a sudden, they're connected to Bobby as a person and they want to do business with me.
0: You know, for those that are listening, I'll operationalize what works for me. I have a five-minute journal that I use every day. On the top, I put wife and on the bottom, I put story. So Mm -hmm. for wife, I put in one story about my wife that I'm appreciative for her. And like once a month, I'll put a card and I'll write all those stories in just Mm -hmm. a little lines. Under story, I'll pick one story and I write those down there just to keep my, my brain going and I have like a story log in a couple of good books, which you probably recommend as well, a story brand and story worthy are a couple of good books. And, and there's some podcasts listening to other good storytellers, I think is really important as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, another book I would suggest is stories that stick. That, that's okay. a, another st- book about stories, but yeah, learning how to tell the stories. like Once you figure out how you collect them, I, I think part of the reason, well, it's a chicken and egg problem. Maybe because I like stories is part of the reason I like TV. But but if you find what is your medium of enjoying stories, and for me, it's TV more than movies, more than books, mm-hmm. but pay attention to those classic, whether it's TV, whether it's movies, or whether it's books, like fiction books, and, and realize how people like weave a story together. And when you start to do that, it will start to help you understand storytelling and, and how to tell an effective story. And, and that's why I say I watched Seinfeld and I watch it on repeat. And so that affects the types of stories I pick. I tend to pick very short, like those little vignette moments, like nothing moments that I can pull a lesson out of because that's what that story or that show was all about. That tends to be my particular mode of storytelling.
0: You know, one other thing that when you, when I was reading your book, what I started to do is I wanted to develop stories. So every Monday, I thought of a story and I practiced because I see 30 people a day. I practiced the same darn story and by the end of the week it got pretty good. I just kept on telling it until mm-hmm. I could see how they reacted. And it might have been a story from childhood and I just hey I was thinking about this and, and I and I practice mm-hmm. on it. We have these patients we can practice on all, all day long on and yeah. telling them. So Yeah
1: and and one suggestion I would say like if 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 listener if you struggle telling stories especially like if, if in the context of speaking it many places will have Many cities will have different organizations where you can go practice it. And and there's things like Toastmasters, but I'm talking here in in D.C., we have something called Story District. It is a program that you can go through, like an eight-week program, where they will walk you through storytelling and things like that. And I would suggest looking to see, is there something like that in your area if you struggle with it? Because they will help you. overcome that and and figure out how to put a story together in a meaningful way. Like I would, for example, suggest that if my dad were doing it, he should probably go to one of those because he's one of those guys who gives way too much detail, goes on to way too many tangents. And so kind of loses the point. And that's one of the things, maybe that's a problem that you have. And I don't mean you, Dom, but I'm saying listeners, maybe it's a problem. And if so, you need to figure that out and, and kind of curtail it, but understanding how to tell stories effectively, will do you wonders in your marketing, not just email, but every part of your marketing.
0: Yeah. So, so Bobby, um, I want to ask you one question. Since you do kind of coach people, mm-hmm. a lot of podiatrists or just busy professionals in general. In our minds, we think we want to make certain changes based on this. They, I want to start writing an email once a week. I want to start gathering stories. I want to change my business. I want to open a second office. I want to do all this marketing stuff. But the big thing is like, well, how do I organize my time to find time to do this? If your time is already used up, do you have any tips for like how to make change with people that are busy? Like what, what do you recommend when you see people like that?
1: So the first thing is, and, and I'm one of those people, I'm one of the worst. I, I am uh, shiny object syndrome. I would almost certainly be diagnosed with ADD if I was growing up, uh, growing up today. Um, but what I will tell you is that the key is to figure out, first of all, don't try to change eight things at once. Pick one. Literally just pick one and and pick one thing to focus on. But just as importantly, I honestly believe that all of us are doing a lot of stuff on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that we don't need to do. That that it's stuff in our business that we could stop doing that would not affect our business one bit. It's stuff in our personal life that we're doing because, I don't know, because that's the way it's been done, but, but we could stop doing it and it wouldn't have any negative impact. And so, Part of what you need to do is get a handle of what you're doing and what could you stop doing. And and I don't mean like, there's the delegate, like there's the stuff you could delegate, but I'm saying there is stuff that literally in my business, I realized at some point we're doing it because someone told me we needed to do it, but it is having zero impact. So I'm just going to stop doing it. And when we did, guess what? Didn't have any impact. Um, There's actually a book that I, that I like. And I, one of my teammates, (laughs) I jokingly try to get her to do it. It's called procrastinate on purpose. And it's an idea, it's by Rory Vaden. And it's it's the, a book that helps you kind of figure out when you have a task, should you eliminate it? Should you do it? Should, should you delegate it? Or should you procrastinate it? Literally, should you say, you know what? Yes, but not now. And so those, that book is a, a very helpful thing because I think we need to get in practice of figuring those things out and just figuring out what we can stop doing is just as important if you want to make room in your
0: schedule. That's awesome. You know, one thing I I was doing is a lot of times in between patients, we all have five or 10 minutes, right? So sometimes we're going patient to patient. Sometimes we have some time. And what I found is a big time suck is just doing little things. And I said, well, I wanted to read more. And so every spare moment I had, I didn't know what my computer first thing. I just started to read when I got to work. When they called me to see a patient, I saw him, came back, read. Yep. You can get through so much. And that might be your video courses or, or, or things like that. Anything that you want to hump through that you don't have time to do it before or after work. Make better use of the spare time that you have. These little spare minute, two minute, three minute that you're just wasting. Yeah, so
1: in, in a perfect example of that from my business right now, there is a resource called Turkle, which is basically where um, it's kind of like Help a Reporter Out, if you've heard of it, where, where people are asking for sources to answer questions that they might then quote you and include a link back to your website. And if you look at it and you look at all of the questions that are there, it can be overwhelming. And you might say, oh, it's going to take me hours. But answering any given one is less than five minutes. So it's the same kind of thing. When I have five minutes, I can just go over there. I can like, I can look at the top and you can literally hit skip and it'll eliminate the ones that you don't want to do. So I can go through, I'm like, oh, here's one I can respond to. And boom, and I respond. And if you just do that, guess what? I can easily respond to all of the requests that I have a relevant answer to in any given week. And it doesn't feel daunting or overwhelming. I, I don't even think about having done it But part of that, just so you understand that then for for search engine optimization has gotten my website considerably Mm -hmm. higher rated. So now we're getting more traffic just organically because I do that work. And and it's one of those things, it's a a small thing. And I like that you mentioned the five minutes between patients because this is a five minute type of project. The same thing, if you're on social media, you could spend five minutes engaging on social media in that break time you could spend 5 minutes responding to email during that time period just
0: carve out the time and do it and it'll help yeah that's great well you know these have been some great things for the, those that are are listening here is there anything that you're kind of currently working on things that if people want to learn more about you bobby they can learn about you
1: so i mean i'm always working <laughs> i'm always working on things I mean, if people want to learn about me, just you know, go to my website, um, BobbyClink.com, and you can find all the info there. But uh, you know, I'm I'm going to be working on some things. We're working on kind of um, some models. Um, we have something called the Knowledge Brand Canvas, and that's kind of the the task that's on my plate right now. If if anybody who's looked at kind of business modeling and things like that, there's a thing called the Business Model Canvas, and then the Lean Canvas for the Lean Startup Model, and I created one for businesses like ours, which are I call knowledge brands, which is we're using our knowledge, expertise, and selling it somehow. And so we're working on some form of helping people kind of fill that out so that they can think strategically and see the big picture of their business at any given time. Because I think that's what's missing for a lot of people is they're not seeing the connections. And so that's what I'm really trying to help people understand is, hey... Understand that when you make this choice over here in your business, it's going to cause this thing to pop up over here. It's not bad or right or wrong, but just understand those connections and, and then build a business where everything seems to fit together and make sense.
0: That's awesome. And and I would ever recommend everyone get this the email marketing doesn't suck book. It's just so, it's a great book.
1: Yeah. So it's available on uh, Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So either one of those, I think it's on. Apple Books or iBooks, I don't know, but you know Amazon and Barnes and Noble. You can definitely get uh, a hard copy, or you can get uh, the ebook. And um, you know, I definitely would appreciate. It. And then there's resources to go with yeah. it at at BobbyClink.com forward slash email. We've got uh, resources that are downloadable. I have a, I think it's an, I'm forgetting now, an eleven episode podcast series that I treated as basically creating a a mini audio
0: course. And I loved it because you took, you pulled the audio from your video course for people yeah. that are busy like me that I'm not going to watch your face for three exactly. hours, but I will wow. listen to you in the car. Exactly. Right. And, and,
1: and I kind of realized, look, people don't need to look at me. Even when I have slides, I don't need, they don't need to look at me. So, uh, but when you go to bobbyclink.com forward slash email, that's where you'll find all of these resources about email
0: and, and the stuff that I can help you with. Yeah. And you're pushing the free curve. So thank you so much, Bobby. Okay. Talk to you later.